Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. With dating apps, it has become so easy to date from literally anywhere. If you're like me, that means you're most likely swiping through in your PJs at home or while killing time before your subway comes or like when you're supposed to be doing work at your job. But how easy is it truly to date in today's age? And even though apps like Tinder and Bumble make it accessible to see what your options are no matter where you go, does that mean dating is universally the same? I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast, and today we are talking about dating across the USA. Joining me on the panel today from Cosmopolitan.com is our features editor, Emma Barker. Hi, Emma. Hi. It's been a while. You used to come on the show all the time. I know. Girl, why have you been avoiding me? Because I don't edit the sex section anymore, (laughs) and it's not as interesting. Yeah, you're so right. That's, yeah. (laughs) Emma does the important and serious things, like dating across the USA. Yeah. And also in the studio today is our special guest, Jada Yuan, who wrote an amazing piece that just went live on Cosmopolitan.com about dating in six different cities across America. And she's here today to share with us her experiences. Hi. Hi, Jada. How are you? I'm good. What would be like the, I want to like really dive deep into what you did, which I just, I feel like I really slimed my way through that. But basically, we (laughs) sent you around the country. You spent a few days in six different cities slash like would we even call them cities yeah like one small town one small town within that group yeah okay so one small town in a bunch of cities um for you to sort of try your hand at seeing what men were like across the country and what the dating experiences were like yeah it was insane it was insane (laughs) it was was like nothing I would ever do in my normal life (laughs) It it was like Emma wrote me an email and then I was like should I do this? And then I think I, I like backburnered her for a while and I was like really <laughs> nervous about it. And then I like talked to my therapist a bunch. And then. And what did your therapist say? Just, I, I mean, I think it, it sort of came down to, you know, why not? Right. Why not? <laughs> Always, that's like the approach to 50% of the dates I go on. Why not? Um, Emma, where did this idea come from? Tell us, and this is part of a larger. Um, sort of like little collection of stories that we just published on the site all about dating in America. So where did this specific idea come from? Yeah, so the idea came from our readers, as most of our ideas do, which is a a lot of readers gave us the feedback that they they felt that the biggest problem in their dating life was where they lived. They either thought they were in a small town or a college town and they'd already dated everyone that was good and everyone that was left sucked, or they lived in a small town where everyone was getting married super early and they were left out, or they lived in a big city and there were too many options and it was like no one took it seriously and everyone was just hooking up. Like, and, and I will interject to say that I do think there's something that like literally no matter where you live, anytime one of those studies comes across, it's like the worst place to meet men. It's like always your town. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're always in the top 10 no matter where you live. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. It's remarkable. Um, but we were getting that feedback a lot from readers and so we decided to look into it and kind of do a few different articles looking at single women in different areas and their experiences with dating and then also send Jada someone who Our has been pig. dating in New York for a while um, around to different cities to see like what what the scene is like and if there really is some place that is like oh it is way better to date here surprise and so what yeah. what were the six places that you visited, Jada? So I started off in New Bern, North Carolina, and then went to Austin, Texas. And, oh, no, sorry. Miami, Florida, then Austin, Texas, and then sort of took a little break and went to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is a small city. So New Bern is a small town. Um, and then Detroit and Los Angeles. Um, I want to ask you in just one second what your what was the favorite best place that you visited and also how many like dates and actual meetups you went on. 
But first, I want to talk really quickly um, about something that has become super important to me recently. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who totally stresses about whether my skin will be clear for an important day. I actually normally have really clear skin, except if I'm ever like going on a date or, you know, traveling to six different cities to date men, whatever. But life is so much easier when you're confident in your skin, which is why I'm excited to share our new sponsor, BioClarity, to help reveal the real you so you can take on school, work, social media, life with naturally clear skin. BioClarity has naturally calming and cleansing extracts, including green tea and chamomile. It doesn't use icky stuff like benzoyl peroxide, which can cause redness, dryness, irritation, especially if you have skin like mine and you're literally allergic to everything. But BioClarity is suitable for all skin types. It's 100% vegan, cruelty-free, PETA-certified, gluten-free, and paraben-free, which I love. So let BioClarity help give you the confidence of clear skin to help take on life. Just go to BioClarity.com. My listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a 20% savings and comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee if you use my code COSMO. That's BioClarity.com and enter code COSMO. Finally, an acne treatment that actually works at BioClarity.com. So, Jada, <laughs> let's dive a little deeper. Wait, I just wanted to talk more about bioclarity. <laughs> Please, tell me. You actually, I'm sitting right across from you. You have perfect skin. It's not Thanks. for you. It's not for you. Um, but what of the six places you visited, was there like a front runner for you, like a favorite? Well, I, you know, New Bern really actually kicked things off really well in a way that I was, I was just totally shocked. I mean, I was so nervous about going on this. I never write about my dating life I, or my personal life at all. And then, like, just how do you land somewhere and just start tindering and find a date like, or two to go on with a time frame of, of like, 48 hours? Right. And how do you do it and how do you sort of actually connect with people Instead of sort of using them as subjects for an article. Um, right. And I was going to say that I feel like on one hand, there's some kind of like fantasy about it. Like having this chance to travel to six different places, expense everything to Cosmo, date up a storm. But it also sounds terrifying. Fully. And I think most of us know like the normal pace of sort of like connecting with someone on Hinge and then like, no, no, no. Like that can take time. Like you don't always like connect with somebody and get the chance to meet up with them right away. But that was essentially what you were doing. Absolutely. And and I don't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not someone who would who would meet up with some guy I met up on Tinder it, like that night. Right. Because you sort of know what that meetup is. Right. It's not a date. And so you ended up telling people for the purposes of this experiment, you sort of told people that you were considering moving to these different places, right? Yeah. Well, I did that. Um, I actually consulted with someone I knew who was a dating expert, um, Nancy Slotnick, and, and we talked it out and Emma and I talked it out. And it's just if you if you tell people that you're in town for a short trip, they're just going to think you're on a sexcation. Like, right. you're just swiping sex-cation through Tinder. Era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, looking for a good time. And so, at least, it started off the conversations on more of a, like, even keel, we're actually going to go and talk if we go out. Right. Because, like, hooking up through <laughs> six different cities would be a totally different kind of piece. <laughs> <laughs> no. that, that would be the sequel. Not that that didn't happen, but... <laughs> right, right. Um, so you said that New Bern was sort of the one, you know, this small town coming from New York City was probably the, like, probably the biggest, like, I don't know, like, culture shock or something right off the bat. Yeah, it was, but it was an eye-opener. I felt, I, you know, I was coming from a pretty downtrodden New York dating life. I was just, nothing was really working for me, Um and I was finding a lot of trouble just motivating to go online and, like, keep looking. And and did you find, this is, like, what I do in my own life, like, did you find that you would use New York as an excuse? Like, you would say things like, there's so, this is what I would say, there's so many people here that men just really, like, learn to treat women like they're disposable. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, what do I know? <laughs> what do I know about men? I don't know why they do the things they do. I mean, I think it's really hard to say, like, in a city of 8 million people, you're not going to be able to find someone, or yeah. that, like, all men are terrible. And it's, I, it's I, I do think that it's a trap to say that men are the problem. Right. I mean, there's plenty of terrible guys out there, don't get me wrong, but, but if you want to date them, then then you shouldn't like think of men as the enemy. Right. Um, right. I try to remind myself. That. But but I didn't um I didn't think that New York especially was the problem, but I didn't think that a location change would hurt. Right. And I thought maybe it would be sort of an eye opening situation that I would that it would it would be way better 
going to and you know and when I arrived in Newburn I was like I felt like the red carpet was being rolled out for me right. <laughs> like, that I was just like this queen that landed and they were so excited to meet me <laughs> you had a detail where you were like I made like 10 best new friends at like the bar and you guys were like hopping around from place to place I was like I gotta book myself a flight to Newburn or whatever I really like wanted to call all my friends and be like go to Newburn and just you know if you just want to feel like a woman and you yeah. want to feel like you know you're being loved the second you walk into a barley it's probably like a pretty good chance that you will it's got you know it's got a pretty big military population and it's southern and the guy so it's a sort of combination of having a lot of guys and then also having guys who you know even when they're being casual are kind of gentlemanly right (laughs) you know they'll buy your drinks for you they'll hold doors they're you know they're nice guys and did so that sort of makes sense in terms of the military presence and that little bit of southern vibe did you find that the six different places you visited that there were actually really noticeable differences in guys like were did that feel more pronounced than you were expecting or like less pronounced um I think that Newburn definitely I, I feel like there was a different vibe it's it's southern and it's republican and mm-hmm. so that that was a different vibe than say Detroit where everyone it, where it was really multicultural and um everyone seemed really dedicated to the city but not ne- necessarily dedicated to dating right um and then LA I think I met a lot of guys except for you know one guy who I really liked at the end but like a lot of guys who fit the bill of, of like what you expect in LA they're kind of flaky yeah. and um, I actually found that really interesting in your piece and everybody again this is live now on cosmopolitan.com we're just like talking through the highlights but it's so fun to read Jada talking about her dating scapades <laughs> and all of these different places but um, I found that really interesting that you know you talked to a bartender in LA that was basically like yeah 50% of the people that have dates here basically get stood up oh that was in Miami oh shoot now I'm <laughs> okay. so Miami and LA those are the places where the sort of like frosted flakes basically yeah yeah but would it yeah definitely frosted flakes swimming in a sea of flakes um yeah my miami um it was both flaky and i think really predatory which was yeah not my favorite experience but you know i've i've met many amazing people from miami especially like after this i i did this experiment where i went to south beach and just sort of felt like i, I literally got followed on the street by a guy into a bar and then he grabbed my ass and then apparently was like going to the bathroom and asking a lot of women for coke. Right. Um, <laughs> so charming. <laughs> so charming. It was like, it was, uh, I felt super safe. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I do think like Miami has a bit of that reputation of being like a party town. Like, um, it's, you never have to wear like a big disgusting winter coat like you do in New York. So you can just basically be half naked all the time. Like, anyway, these are all my stereotypes about Miami coming to the surface. Yeah. But, yeah. I wish I was I liked wearing a bikini more but right, right. <laughs> yeah. essential to the Miami but that's scene. also interesting because unrelated to this story well vaguely related remember when we did like oh my god a, I was wondering if you were going to bring that up I can't stop thinking about I it. I can't stop thinking about it either so a couple <laughs> years ago we did Elisa and I and a couple other editors at Cosmo did what we called a Cosmo road trip where we went around to different cities where there are a lot of Cosmo readers and met with readers and just kind of got feedback from them, asked what they liked about the site and what they didn't. And everywhere we went, the girls like loved where they lived, were really into it. The girls in Miami hated Miami. Right. They all like (laughs) couldn't wait to leave. And they all said it was like really shallow, didn't like it. Yeah. And that was like, it was so So, different from every other city we met where there was such a sense of pride of like, this is where I'm from. I want to have like a big, we were really focusing more on career. And Uh so a feeling of like the girls in other cities wanting to have like a big life for themselves Mm -hmm. in Chicago or in Dallas or in Phoenix. And then in Miami, they were just like, gotta get out of here. Yeah. So it was really interesting reading your experience in Miami and I know you had the kind of feeling of like, well, maybe it's just because I was in like South Beach, which is where like tourists here kind of are. And if I went somewhere else, but it was, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. People that live there seem to also have that. Kind I of mean, I mean, all the people that I've met from Miami have left. I mean, even like the people that I liked that I met in Miami are 
trying to get out of Miami. Yeah. And then and then when I talk about, uh, you know, when I've talked about this article and I've found out that other people are from Miami, they're all living in New York. So right. yeah. <laughs> interesting. It's a hard place to be exist for a while. Yeah, I think maybe if you, I I mean, I have a married couple that I know in Miami, and I feel like maybe if you, like, come in with, like, an established unit, maybe, maybe it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, I don't know, Jada, if how involved you were. Like, how did the process of choosing these six places come up? Like, Emma, did you kind of do that? Yeah. Like, okay. So, we pretty much chose the places. I, I wanted to get a mix of types of places. So, we wanted at least one small town, and to be completely honest, here's how we picked New Bern. It's where the notebook is set. <laughs> <laughs> and the I was most like, important criteria for... <laughs> I, well, that's what you think of when you think of, like, romantic small town. It's like, I want to go where the notebook is and find love. Right. And also... Did you, Jada, Nicholas, did you or did you not reenact any of the scenes from the notebook? <laughs> I, I did not go on the walking tour of Nicholas Sparks <laughs> locations. You have to go back. <laughs> I really tried. There's a, there's a pontoon that you can take where, I guess, he has a house that's on the water. And, like, if you hit it at the right time, at the right sunset he'll be like out in his yard and you can wave to Nicholas Sparks (laughs) there's also also, like some Nicholas Sparks foundation that that was in some like I like a walking mall area that I like went by but he wasn't there oh so so many reasons to go back but it did seem like kind of a romantic like I don't know if that's just like um southern chivalry kind of thing but it did seem like the guys there were a little more um, romantically minded than some other places. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful little town. I would definitely, I, I was thinking, I, like, I want to go back. I stayed in this bed and breakfast that was from the 1800s, and <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's a really cool, cool little place. Um, yeah, the guy, the guys were a little bit more romantically minded. I, I, you know, I, I went on a date with a guy who um, was living in a nearby town. Um, one of the beach towns nearby, and uh, he really just seemed like he really wanted to be in a relationship, uh, and still contacts me. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. How many is that? Do you have guys from the other cities that are like still contacting you? Um, I'm in touch with, I'd say one or two. Yeah, and there was one like special guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's still special. We still haven't met up again. Yeah, which is. Uh, you know, who knows where that goes yeah. from here. And this was the guy that you met in LA. I who did. you only called B, right? Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to give him a fake name. Yeah, because he was so <laughs> important. Yeah, because he's well, because he's still in my life, and right. I it, and. I still have to have a conversation with him about this article. <laughs> oh, that's fine. He'll that's love it. Better have yeah. it soon. I'm right. like, I've been trying to. <laughs> yeah. um, but in regards to picking the other cities, we just tried to get a wide range um, of like coasts, northern, southern, sizes of cities, population makeup. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. And I would say, um, Jada, again, I loved reading your piece. And it ends on such a hopeful note, not only because of this guy, V, who may or may not be your future husband. I don't know. <laughs> only time will tell. But <laughs> but because I think you ultimately, you know, sort of said that, like, you ended up feeling like this changed your perspective on dating a little bit. So yeah. even though most of our listeners out there probably aren't going to book a like cross-country dating trip, I do feel like some of the things you talked about are sort of applicable to anyone's dating situation. Do you want to sort of talk about that and like what you took away from it that was really, I guess, inspiring? Do you mean like the method or, or more just sort of the heart yeah. change that happened? Yeah, I mean, it really like, again, I was joking about this guy who might be your future husband, but even if he weren't, like even if that weren't a thing, I feel like your piece feels really hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I I went into I I didn't want to take the piece if if it was going to mean sort of going through fake dating experiences right. for the purpose of writing about them. I, you know, I'm single and I want to meet somebody, and I and I went into it sort of with a really open mind. And and what I what I think was really nice about this experience is. That a lot of what holds me back in New York is finding motivation to date. You know, yeah. it's a, I just go in waves. I, I don't know if you go through this, but like I just go in waves of, of motivation or not. Yes. And I like, 
I'm like, God, this sucks, and I don't, yes. I, I don't have time for this, and I have to message all these people to like try and find somebody who's decent, and I, and then I have to like make time for them in my life. Same. <laughs> I feel like I do exactly the phases where it's like I will like obsessively like like or super like or swipe or whatever, whatever, like a million guys for like a few days straight, and then it's like three weeks later I'm getting the email that's like you need to like log on or your account will be deactivated. <laughs> yeah. Like I go through these like phases. Yeah. Basically, like to be totally honest, depending on how like sad I'm feeling at the moment <laughs> <laughs> I agree to just I, like drop a truth bomb yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm fully on board with that and um so so having this sort of ticking time clock and and you know this pressure of feeling like if I didn't if I didn't actually swipe I, Emma would be mad at me. Cosmo <laughs> right. would be like, "Why are we paying for you to do this thing?" I, I mean, it it was it was sort of a kick in the pants, and then um, and and it also took out some of the indecision part of it. I think Austin was probably my biggest example of that. Where you know, I was I, I started swiping. I was I had such a bad experience at Miami, and I started swiping on the plane. And I got like a, a few matches, and there was Wi-Fi on JetBlue. Go JetBlue! Thanks JetBlue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks JetBlue. And um, yeah, and there was Wi-Fi on there, and I got like a date set up before, and and I just picked the guy who said who like asked me out first. That yeah, a hundred percent of what happened, and he turned out to be like one of the best guys that I met on this trip. Yeah, and so that that was really cool, and um, and I think by the time I got to LA, I had. Sort of, I I don't know. I'd had enough practice that I knew, like, like oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and that's a good one. And um, yeah, I just I I came away feeling like you you just have to give yourself that chance. You have to take the risk. It's I mean, it's worth it. Yeah. Well, that was what I just felt like. You know, you talk about all these like really cool dates you've gone on. I think one of the guys in Austin, you were like, this is one of the best dates I've ever been on in like the past few years. <laughs> I found that I wanted to do what you did just in my own life in New York. Like I wanted to go on like a dating vacation just like, you know, in Manhattan. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's sort of the message at yeah. the end is, is, is maybe it's not your, I, I don't think it is your location. I mean, I think that there, there are problems in every location and it could be, you know, if you live in a small town like Newburn, you're going to keep running into your exes and like <laughs> every guy you slept at is, <laughs> yeah. is going to be at the diner the next day after you, after you did that. Um, you know, if you go into, go to LA, um, you guys just aren't gonna you, they're gonna flake on you yeah it's gonna happen yeah but uh you know men aren't that different across the board across the u.s and connecting with a person of the opposite sex or whatever your sexual preferences yeah or gender non-conforming preferences is not um you know it's 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 a it's a simple thing yeah um so just find that energy in your own hometown. Yeah. It's you. I, it's you. It's not your place. It's yeah. you. It's not your place. <laughs> that, that's sort of the I big message. I think also, also <laughs> a thing is that, you know, you kind of alluded to this and that, like, you had to do it because you were being paid. But instead of treating dating like just kind of something you do when you have spare time, you it was a job for you in this moment. Yeah. Um, like and that paid off. Yeah. It, I mean, it literally was. But <laughs> treating it like... Uh, uh, taking it a little more seriously and being like, well, I'm unli- I'm going to like make myself do a few dates and then like I can take a little break or whatever. Right. I feel like taking it a little more seriously is maybe was maybe yeah. part of it as well. Right. And I think like literally put time in your calendar. Right. <laughs> be like be like here's an hour a day that I am gonna swipe and I'm gonna write back to everybody who's already swiped on me. Right. And then and then sort of actually set aside nights right. and be be like, you know, I'm going to set aside my Thursday or Friday night for a date, whether or not that date materializes, but just sort of leave it blank. Yeah. Be, because I, I definitely find in New York when I when I came back, you know, I, I, I still do really like this guy in L.A., but I was I was sort of like trying to figure out what was what was up. Uh, in New York and yeah. whether my energy changed and it like dropped immediately yeah. without having that kind Pressure. of impetus and, yeah. and you gotta you gotta just put it on yourself yeah yeah but like not a pressure not a pressure to be like oh you know I have to get married you know like yeah. like yeah. that kind of pressure just just like make a commitment it's yeah. different than pressure yeah yeah, 
Yeah, and like I also want to say because I feel like this all of a sudden got really like serious. And you're, <laughs> it did, it like, did. Hilarious and not serious, but also like I and Jada. Even though we just met, I feel like you're the same way. Like I love going on dates. I love meeting people. I think it's fun. I can talk to anybody. Blah 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 blah. But like it is the actual work of the like swiping and whatever that's boring. Like I feel like I always say it's like moving into a sparkly new apartment is exciting, but like browsing for ads for apartments on Craigslist is like deathly. And so. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the thing with dating. But just to put it out there, that I, I do feel like dating is fun and exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can just be like hard to even like find those fools. Yeah, I'm probably bringing like the, the energy and then it's like not fun and exciting. It was really fun and exciting on this trip. I felt like totally energized by yeah. it. <laughs> I was just, um, I did something earlier this year that I've never done before, which is I went on vacation by myself. I went to Bermuda for a few days and I'd never done that. And like I kept joking that I felt like I was going to have my Cheryl strayed from wild moment and like have some epiphany about being like alone and like whatever. And I just, like, didn't at all. You were like, just like, I wish I had a boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, I wish someone else was here. And then the, like, one night that I went, I stayed at um, the Princess Hamilton Hotel, which was, like, super chic and lovely. And they have this, like, amazing bar. And so the one night I went down to the bar to, like, be a character from a movie and, like, have a fancy drink by myself at the cocktail bar, which was obviously, like, with the intention secretly of meeting my future husband. The only person that I ended up meeting was this girl who worked in the spa at the hotel. Her name's Laura. We became, like, instant best friends. Friends. This is Friday night. She was like, you're here by yourself. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? We ended up, like, going out to dinner and, like, going out all night. And it was so fun. So, yeah, like, the one person I met was a girl. <laughs> Which has not been that different than all of my other attempts at meeting people in New York but she, she might know, guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe you want to try something else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm open-minded. But um, I think... I think this is I think it is time for us to um I have a few more questions for you Jada but I think real quick we should jump on the phone with our next special guest are you guys ready yes yes okay just like building up <laughs> welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it from the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. So I wanted to bring on an expert to give us a feel for what statistics say about dating across the country. So our next guest is the chief scientific advisor for Match, a biological anthropologist and one of the world's leading experts in the science of human attraction. Dr. Helen Fisher has been working alongside Match for the last seven years for their annual report, Singles in America, the largest study on the U.S. singles population. And today she's here to tell us about the most recent results. Welcome, Dr. Helen Fisher. Hello. Where, I'm delighted to be here. Yes, thanks so much. Where are you calling us from today? Oh, I live in New York City. Oh, you're right down the street. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Same time zone. Don't um, have to take me out in the box. I really love New York. <laughs> right, right. Well, me too. Yeah, you you missed um, the like the 10 minutes of this podcast earlier that I spent complaining about living in New York. But oh, did you? <laughs> only about the men here, you know, you know. What but, about the men here? <laughs> well, actually, I, I don't know. It's been it's been an uplifting conversation, but I was just saying um, to Jada and Emma earlier that I do feel like with all the people in New York, it's easy to sort of fall into that thing of thinking like men here treat women like they're disposable it's easy to swipe Mm. and there's always someone next coming along true Mm. false in many respects it it, it can often be quite the reverse Uh, um, men fall in love faster than women do they fall in love more often than women do when they meet somebody that they are uh, that they are in love with they want to introduce them to friends and family sooner Uh, men want to move in sooner and oh my God! Men what men are you talking about? <laughs> all over the country. You know, I do this annual study with Match.com. We do not poll the Match members. We poll the American public. It's a representative sample of American singles based on the U.S. Census. So we got the right number of blacks, whites, Asians, Latino, gay, straight, rural, suburban, urban, every part of the country, and every age group, age 18 to 71 plus. And uh, yeah, even this year in our Singles in America study, um, men were 26% more likely uh, to say that um, finding love was a high priority in 2017. And uh, yeah, men are men are leading the way, if not women. Uh, 
Uh, well, I actually, I have a theory about that. And since you are a person who has the like education and background and experience to have actual theories about things, and I'm just making this one up right now on the spot, tell me what you think. But this is my theory. I actually, I, I hear what you're saying. And in some ways I've felt that in my own life that I think men can be these sort of like romantics and they can be obsessed with this idea of love. And I actually almost feel like the problem is that I feel like women are more practical about it. It's I think sometimes women like, are more practical about it. Yeah, I, I mean, for millions of years, they had to, you know, they've got the nine months of, 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 um, you know, of the child in the womb, the danger right. of childbirth, and everywhere in the world, even where women are extremely economically powerful, uh, they spend more time, you know, uh, raising uh, tiny babies until the age of four. But, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, for millions of years, you know, we lived in these little hunting-and-gathering groups, and, okay, so the woman was, you know, cleaning the baby up and feeding the baby, but the man was standing out in front of lions and and warthogs and buffaloes trying to bring home something to eat and trying to protect the group. So I don't even think that uh, women expend more time in, in child-raising than men do. I think that we have a, You know, we have spent 50 years trying to bust a lot of myths about women and it really is time to bust some myths about men hmm. um and hmm. in fact you know uh, in this year's study we asked men how they felt about feminism and they basically said that um they felt that it made dating safer uh easier and more enjoyable and when we asked them what they're looking for we asked them of 21 things you could check any box what was what turned them most on in um, in you know in looking for a partner? And the top thing that men said was an entrepreneur. They like women who are entrepreneurs. They mm-hmm. like women who have a career. And these women are in New York City. So I just um, so there's reason the to be hopeful. That yeah, men are, are the slouches. <laughs> I just not I just don't believe it, and I've got a lot of data to prove it. Um, was there anything? So you've um, highlighted some of the major takeaways from the study, which have already been really interesting. Was there anything? You've been doing this for so long. You're re- literally an expert in humans. Was there anything that surprised you? There's always things that surprise me, but one of the things that I found very interesting was 34 percent of singles in this study of singles, national representative sample, said that they had had sex with somebody before the first date. And millennials were the most likely to do it. And, of course, everybody thinks that this is just, you know, recklessness. But I began to think of it, you know, as an anthropologist and as a scientist, not that many people are crazy. There's got to be (laughs) some evolutionary reasons why people would be doing this. And I think what it is, first of all, I don't think we understand millennials. People think that they're just sex monkeys. They are not. (laughs) Very, very, um, you are an, I I assume it's you, you know, you're yeah. ambitious. The millennials are ambitious. And millennial women are postponing marriage in order to have career. In the past, uh, young women would give up career in order to have family. So you're a very uh, ambitious group. You're very interested in career. You're very interested in getting ahead. You're very interested in the double-income family. You're postponing marriage in order to provide uh, uh, for the family that you're going to have. And I think what this, you know, having sex before the first date is, I think that basically these people are, you know, it's almost a sex interview. It's, a, it's almost as if people are trying to decide, do I want to spend the time and energy and money to, right. to go out with this person? And I think the actual I think date has become more serious. <laughs> you know, it used to be, ah, oh, we're going to begin by just having a date. These days, the date is, oh, right, well, let's see what this person is really like. And, uh, you know, do I want to spend my time with them? So I think what they're doing is, I think they're having a this sex interview. Yeah. Um, I think they're also deciding, you know, maybe they're trying to trigger the first date with the person. Mm. And that they may even be trying to trigger the brain circuitry for romantic love and attachment. Because when you hop into bed with somebody, any stimulation of the genitals can drive up the dopamine system in the brain and push you over the threshold into falling in love. Ooh. And also, you know, you can trigger the brain circuitry, uh, the, some of the brain chemicals for attachment with orgasm. So bottom line is... The young are not scared of getting pregnant. They know how to handle that. They they know how to avoid disease. Um, They don't have to walk the walk of shame if they have a one-night stand. And I think they're beginning to use sex as, as almost as an interview device. So you're saying hookup culture is just efficiency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not always. I mean, you read about these kids in college who are just trying to break away from everything and do something new and different, et cetera. But the bottom line is when you see so many people um, doing it. Yes, I do think it's in a form of, I call it slow love. I call it fast sex, 
slow love. <laughs> I think they want to get to know every single thing about a partner before they tie the knot. Right. And we see this every year in our singles in America study. The number over fifty percent of singles have a have had a one night stand, not necessarily in the last year, but a one night stand during the course of their lives. Over fifty percent have had a friends with benefits. Over fifty percent have lived with somebody long term before they wed. And it began to occur to me, maybe this isn't so stupid. If you can get rid of bad relationships before you marry, maybe we're going to see more good partnerships, long-term, stable marriages. So I did a study with Match of 1,100 married people, and I asked them a lot of questions. But one of the questions was, would you remarry the person you're currently married to? And 81% said yes. So all of this, you know, sex before the first date and the... You know, the friends with benefits and living together may have some real payoffs done. I'm not recommending it. I'm not in the good, bad business. But <laughs> as a scientist, you got to understand these data, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, but I actually think that's a really, you know, I feel like that's sort of an empowering spin to put on it. It, it just the sense that people are doing this for a reason. And like so much you hear about hookup culture is like, I'm desperate. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because um, the millennials, we, we this year we really were interested in millennials. Uh, well, we're always interested in them. But this year we, we, you, we cross-tab the data so that we could learn what we wanted to know about them. And, and um uh, 51% of, of people who are in the millennial generation, this is age 18 to 36, um, um, are not interested in sex at all. Interesting. Yeah. I think they're so busy getting ahead, they're going to go do this down the road, yeah. and, and they've got other things on their mind. Too busy so, Snapchatting. What did you say? <laughs> Too busy Snapchatting, those kids. <laughs> they are Snapchatting. Yeah. Snapchatting. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, though, in this, in this year's uh, match study, uh, we were really interested in how people use their cell phones because we've been in the Wild West. I mean, people have been able to, you know, they're screaming in the subway, they're screaming on the buses, they're screaming in the streets, they're screaming on their, our phones in their restaurants. It's ridiculous. So I've been thinking, well, there's got to be some taboos. We're going to begin to evolve some politeness, some taboos of what you could do and what, what you shouldn't, how you should handle your phone. And this is one thing I'd love to say to singles is that there's five basic things that are beginning to be taboos. If you're out on a date with somebody, singles do not want you to um, answer your phone and, mm. and talk to somebody unless you explain who you're talking to and why. Mm. Um, they don't want you to... Um, check for text messages or write text messages. They do want you to leave your phone face up on the table so that they can see uh, what's coming in, and they don't want you to take your phone uh, to the bathroom or, or outside. They want transparency. The best thing you can do in 2017 is not send flowers or chocolate, but to just go out on a date, pull the phone out of your pocket, turn it off in front of the person you're about to have the date with, and put it away. That makes sense. We all know how ab addicted we are to our phones. So the mm -hmm. sort of ultimate sign that you're enjoying someone's company is just keeping it in your bag. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, this has been so interesting, Dr. Helen. And one of the things we have been talking about is this whole idea of dating across the country. Did you pick up on any um, trends about different regions in the country? I really looked. Uh, we really looked because we cross-tabbed it uh, for you. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but we can do it again, too. You know, we've got – we're just – just deluged in data, and we can cross tab. I mean, I know how many orgasms Republicans have per sexual bout. I know what you have for dinner. Mm. <laughs> wow. I know how much sleep you get. I know I'm scared. what you're looking for in a partner. <laughs> I know how many times you fall in love. It's just remarkable. But I, I we, find myself wishing you would just fix my life. <laughs> I feel like you could give me all the answers. I really want to know the Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah, <laughs> who's having more libido. orgasms? Yeah, who's having more orgasms? Well, I'll be happy to tell you. But um, uh, around the country, we we, for you, we cross-tabbed. We looked in, in um, um, 10 cities. Uh, uh, let's see, Los Angeles, uh, Phoenix, uh, Dallas, uh, uh, Chicago, uh, Boston, uh, New York, uh, Philadelphia. I don't remember the others. Um, but we found the same thing. I think that it, we, sh we found the same thing. Uh, we found that uh, everywhere in these cities, uh, Men are interested in the entrepreneur as women are interested in the male entrepreneur. Uh, we found when we ask where are the best places to um, to um, you know have a start a courtship and try and meet people, 
the bar is number one around the country. Um, the laundromat is number two. No. And um, the gym is number three. But not in New York. Another place I don't go. <laughs> yeah, not in New York. Oh. Not in, um, I, 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 like in Phoenix and in Dallas, it's the mall. Well, oh. in New York, we don't do mall. Right. Wait, so um, where do we meet people in New York? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, in the park. In the park. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is, you know, I was kind of the gym of the laundromat. But, you know, we all live in apartment buildings where there's a laundromat in our basement. We don't sit in our basement waiting for the clothes to get dry. Whereas in other parts of the country, people will drive to the laundromat and sit there. And so it's a very good time for, you know, you're a captive audience. Mm. Uh, You're going to meet people in your neighborhood. Uh, People in your neighborhood are going to have the same socioeconomic background because the neighborhoods tend to have the same. Uh, price ranges for homes and et cetera. And um, so I really didn't see um, huge uh, 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 dramatic differences. We're a very homogenous culture, really. And, you know, we're looking for love. This is, yeah. this is you know, it doesn't matter whether you're Chinese or or Puerto Rican or, or you know, from Kazakhstan or even Iran, for God's sakes. We're, I'm studying, I mean, we're, we're studying human nature mm-hmm. <laughs> and certainly there's going to be um differences i mean we definitely found some differences between democrats and republicans <laughs> and we certainly see some differences in different age groups i mean it's the young who really want to marry um interesting yeah well they feel yeah and in fact 86 percent of, of americans will marry by middle age uh um but it's the it's the millennials that are the most likely to want to wed they feel the pressure from their parents mm. um and they see their friends getting married and they're driven to. I mean, we're a biological creature that uh, uh, needs to reproduce to pass our DNA on into tomorrow. So I'm not surprised that there's some variation in age groups. The, but in terms of um, attitudes about sex and love, people in their 60s are exactly the same as mm. people in their 30s and 20s. Yeah, it's a basic human drive. And this Singles in America study by Match really pulls out how really similar we all are. And, and, of course, some gender differences. Uh, um, one thing I found interesting about, uh, about um, you know, sex before the first date is men were three times more likely than women to believe that um, having early sex with somebody can lead to a romance. Mm. Now, you guys all seem to think that men are taking women to the cleaners. Uh, <laughs> on the contrary, men seem to be the ones that are... Uh, trying to initiate uh, early sex in order to spark the relationship. I'd argue, I'm going <laughs> to. I would argue that. that they're bad at it. <laughs> they may be trying, but they're uh, failing. I just feel like men like need to get on my level, you know? Say <laughs> that again? I just feel like men need to get on my level. <laughs> and what, what level is that? I'd love to learn that. Well, I don't even know exactly what I mean, but I do think that women, you know, are ambitious and career-oriented and we're practical and we're smart and we're thinking about the future and I just feel like I've dated so many guys that just like slime along <laughs> and like even on a date it's like even the ones that are like charming and funny I'm like I'm the one that's like doing all the work here I'm the one that's making the quippy jokes I'm the one that bothered to do my hair like, I think you um going out meeting the wrong people and I don't know why but yeah um, you, but the, the problem could be me very beautiful men around there really are there's men who race into burning buildings to save a child that they don't know. Women will not do that. Uh, Men spend much more time in absolutely horrible jobs uh, than women do. Uh, Women want to uh, balance work and family more. Men are going to go way out of their way to 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 do the kind of jobs so that they can support a woman and 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 children i just don't agree that men are i just cannot say you know i put people in brain scanners we're the first <laughs> in the world to do that the brain circuitry for romantic love is exactly the same in men as it is in women and Interesting. in fact men um would really um like women to uh over 95 percent of men in in our singles in america study when we ask them you know would you how do you feel about a woman initiating the first kiss um over 95 percent of men wish they would they wish that women would um uh initiate the first sex uh, they don't mind at all if a woman asks a man for uh his phone number and they don't mind at all if uh, a woman is the first person to call after a good date the following day. So 
I don't know. I think it's time to bust the myths about men, and I'd like you guys to take up that cudgel if you can and yeah. swing it. I hear you. I really needed this dose of optimism. And it's weird because I normally, I don't actually know why your optimism made me be like weirdly more pessimistic, but no, really I'm on your page. <laughs> thank you. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And where um, where can listeners go to see the study if they want to know more info? Oh, www.singlesinamerica.com. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Helen. Well, thank it was you. a treat. And good luck to you. My God, he's out there. Just don't give up. Yeah, I'm going to, like, we'll, we'll talk more later. I, I might have some follow up questions for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Good luck to Thanks all of so you. Much. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. I know I'm not alone when I say it's much easier to order taken than put any time or energy into planning meals for the week, grocery shopping, and cooking it at all. Like, literally, I'm not alone when I say that. But with Blue Apron, I get excited to try new meals every week and without having to go out of the way to find the recipes, go grocery shopping, hope I bought everything I need, do the thing I always do, which is like buy a ton of produce, and then it all just like dies off in your like crisper drawer. So that is why I love when my Blue Apron box arrives at my doorstep. It's this like magical box full of the most delicious meals you've had that you get everything you need. You get everything you need to get ready to start cooking delicious dinners. There's now brand new menu items like, wait for it because I'm about to make you super hungry, salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli or vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. I just had that one. It was so delicious. You have to try it out. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. And for less than $10 per person per meal, you're eating high-quality meals at a homemade price. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com Cosmo. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com Cosmo. A better way to cook. So you guys... What did we learn on today's bonkers episode of the Cosmopolitan? That you're dating the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, like, that was like my big takeaway on it. Yeah, yeah. and but didn't you didn't you guys kind of want her to be your like life coach? Yeah, I yeah. liked her sort of like unsentimental, like scientific approach to being like, no, this you're wrong. This is what men and women actually think. Yeah, <laughs> like men are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But okay, I agree. <laughs> I do not agree with the whole like men are better getting like having sex with women on the first date so that that they can get into relationships with them. I agree that like the emotional wiring of men is basically the same. We actually just put a piece up on Cosmo today about like this study that like men basically feel the same emotions. It's not like women are so much more emotional than men. But I think maybe men are just just like lack the social skills to express it or something right like there is some barrier there that is not quite matching up right like they, they definitely just don't come off that yeah, way. Yeah, they just communicate and like grunts and like <laughs> have thoughts. I don't know. And that's like the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Men, figure out the social skill yeah. of expressing your emotion because I think that'll really help things. Yeah. But I did, I, I have to agree. Like, even though, Jada, I'm with you, not totally sure that most men are like having sex to find out <laughs> if this is like a potential wife. But um, I did feel like there was something really empowering about what she was saying of, you know, millennials being interested and having sex before they even go on a date is a way to make the whole process like more efficient like you're not going to waste your time with somebody who you know can't get it up yeah <laughs> true it makes a lot of sense yeah um and jada any closing thoughts or takeaways from your brilliant piece that i know everyone has probably already googled and pulled up on their phone whilst we're talking yeah well so her her point about dating the wrong guys was it made me think like when i went on this trip i didn't go out with anyone that i wouldn't feel comfortable like talking to again or seeing again um so so pat on my own back because i think (laughs) like i think that maybe all my dating experience um and a lot of like self-reflection has led to being able to like suss out guys who are who are awesome and and by the end of the trip i i maybe it was the law of averages but i like met up with the most awesome of like the whole group so that's I don't know, like, trust yourself a little bit. (laughs) And when you're, and and maybe when you're dating 
guys you're like this is terrible yeah they're terrible (laughs) don't date that one (laughs) date a different one (laughs) don't date the terrible one because the most amazing of all of them is yet to come (laughs) probably somewhere along the way yeah maybe in los angeles (laughs) i don't know that was like a great (laughs) (laughs) wrap-up no that was amazing emma any final thoughts about dating in America? <laughs> Honestly, no. no. You guys nailed it. <laughs> like, Jada, between Jada and Dr. Helen, like, we got it. Yeah, we got Everyone's it. Everyone's now a professional right. dater. We can literally end this <laughs> podcast and never talk about it again. But thank you all, as always, for listening and for tuning in every week. If there are things you want to see us talk about on the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast, embarrassing stories about my life you want me to share, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever, at Elisa Benson. And as always, please share and subscribe and like and rate and do all those things people do with podcasts and also i like messed up the order of this with jada do you want to shout out your <laughs> handles in case people want to follow you sure in case sure. wants to get in touch <laughs> um on twitter i'm at jada bird as in fly away and um on instagram i'm at alpha jada and emma where should people find you yeah so on twitter i'm at emma june june like the month and also go to cosmopolitan.com and read The State of Dating, which will be on our homepage all week. And also you can just search for it. And we all want to know, use hashtag State of Dating to tell us at Cosmopolitan on Twitter or Insta or anywhere else what dating is like in your state. We're really curious, especially you Miami people. Sorry if that came <laughs> off a little harsh earlier yeah. in the conversation. Yeah, pretty much wrong. Pretty and wrong. shout out to like all the men and women who talked to me and, yes. and went out with me. Yes. <laughs> like all that men. <laughs> yeah, you, you were awesome. You were awesome even though you didn't know what you were getting yourselves into. <laughs> 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 Great. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.